All right. Hello and welcome to Zach and Mac episode three. The reason I kind of flinched there is because my screen all of a sudden went dark, but I don't think it went over here. As you can see, we got our timestamp down. I think right here is where it's going to be. I can't see it now, but I put it in the recording thing. So I'm excited about it. Uh, Zach Smolin, Matt McClure. Matt, how are you doing today? Pretty good, man. Episode three of this podcast. If you missed the first two episodes, make sure to check them out. We're on YouTube and Spotify. Appreciate the love we've gotten over the first two weeks, man. We're just having fun with it. And uh, let's get back to it here today, Zach. Yeah, let's get started. A very football-heavy day. Baseball's done. Basketball's coming up. We'll talk about basketball a little later. Hockey, we have no idea when that's going to be starting. So it's going to be all NFL today for the most part. And, Matt, we got to start off with – and it's so funny because I'm not a Jets fan, and but it's – for whatever reason, 0-8 teams, like either really good or really bad teams get into the spotlight. And the Jets have captured, well, frankly, the national spotlight, so we got to talk about them. Jets are 0-8. Joe Douglas went on like kind of a little bit of a media tour yesterday. He went on the Michael K. Show on 98.7 ESPN. I uh, talked to uh, NJ.com. I know CBS Sports had a little piece on him. Joe Douglas, obviously the general manager of these uh, New York Jets. And uh, – Came on, came on a lot of different places and appeared to not only give his head coach, Adam Gase, a vote of confidence, but double and triple down on their 0-8 coach as the guy. I'm going to read a couple quotes to you real quick, Matt. Um, this is from the NJ.com story. This is not all on Adam. Again, I have to do a better job of surrounding him with better players and better weapons, Douglas said. We're in this together. I'm going through and thinking of everything I can do to try and help Adam, and the goal is to get this fixed together. And later on he said, my focus is helping Adam solve the problem and work to do it. And so obviously I think we're all confident in our abilities, but I'm focused to solve these problems with Adam. So he said Adam's name – Four times. Four or five times. Yeah, in those four <laughs> sentences. Those questions were – and then on the Michael K. show, he's asked, I think, three different times, like, what are you seeing in Adam Gase that we're not seeing? And then he would just go back and say, well, I've kind of got to look in the mirror. I'm not really surrounding him with a decent amount of talent. But, Matt, when does it become okay in that case to, uh, to blame the head coach? You're 7-17 and 17 since you hired him, 0-8 in the start of this season – they got off to a dreadful start last season. Then they beat up on a bunch of really bad teams because they had a great defense last year down the stretch. So, yeah, what, what, do, you, what do you even do? Like, when is it okay to blame the head coach? I think you do it right now. Your team's no, I think eight. so, too. Yeah. I think you blame them now. Are you kidding me? You're seven, you said it. You're 7-17 seven, seven and 17 with the Jets, and you haven't even really been competitive all season long this year. You're 0-8. And the only game that you really had an opportunity, I'm not even going to say a chance, maybe an opportunity to win is against the Buffalo Bills, and they didn't even score a touchdown on you, and you still lost the game. <laughs> Adam Gaze is not a good football coach, and the fact that Joe Douglas is just having his back is kind of mind-boggling to me. He is looking himself in the mirror, though, and saying, I need to get this guy better players and better weapons. I believe that's true because it's not all on Adam Gaze, but I'd probably say 80 to 85% right. is on Adam Gaze because he doesn't motivate players. And Sam Darnold, Zach, is, I think, the biggest thing with this. All we heard about is Adam Gaze is this great quarterback whisperer. And 
Sam Darnold looks like he's going to get worse every game he plays. Every game. I mean, I think what, so too. Has he played one good game this year, Zach? No. He that hasn't. you think he's been like, oh, okay, we can take the next step forward with this guy. He could be a franchise quarterback for us moving forward. From what I've seen through six games of Sam Darnold this year, because he got hurt and Joe Flacco played in two, I haven't seen anything that says, hey, this guy can be our starting starting quarterback for the future. I, I don't see it, Zach. I, yeah, I really this, this year, definitely not. His rookie season, you can give, you know, I, I'm pulling it up right now. The game against Denver, he threw three touchdowns. Uh, he went 341 yards and three touchdowns against Green Bay in a loss. That was his rookie season. But, yeah, he, he seems to almost get worse. Matt, let's, I'm going to quickly review the lines this season. because And I've seen all these games. And none of them say standout franchise quarterback. First and foremost, he hasn't completed more than 65% of his passes in, in any game, which doesn't seem that bad except that he's been under 63 times. So, in his first game, 60% completion, 215 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. A touchdown, no picks, 179 yards the next week against San Francisco in that blowout. Then they face Indianapolis, a touchdown, three picks. Then they play uh, Denver, 230 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. So at least no turnovers that time. Against Buffalo the last um, two weeks ago, two picks, no touchdowns, Matt, 120 yards, and then 133 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions in the most recent game against Kansas City. I mean. None of he's got what three touchdown passes this season? He has three touchdown passes this season and six, six interceptions. And he's been under 150 yards. That's not even a watermark. <laughs> like 230 yards is a good game, I would say. Right? I'd he say gotten, he's got he hasn't gotten like half of that in the past two games. It's incredible. He's, he's terrible. It's it really is incredible. Well, he's been terrible. Been. I think he's talented, but he's he's been real bad. I mean I mean, the last two games, Zach, it's been a dumpster fire. 120 yards against the Bills, two picks, and you get four yards on yeah. offense in the second half against the Bills. Four yards. Four yards. Yeah. And then this week against the I Chiefs. I could probably get four yards calling plays. I think so. I, I think so. You could probably <laughs> scramble out of the pocket and maybe get four yards. Or just a maybe bunch not. Of, maybe not. Just, some a bunch, just a bunch of HB dives on Matt. Yeah, HB. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fullback dive. Fullback <laughs> dive. Fullback <laughs> dive for a yard. I mean, that's what it was. It, yeah. It's just an absolute joke that <laughs> this guy hasn't taken the next step forward. And I think you got to blame the coach for that in in some in some regard. I think so too, because we've seen teams with you know, kind of lackluster talent gets, gets some stuff done. I mean, look at Denver. They have three wins. Drew Locke's their quarterback. They're missing Melvin Gordon. They got Lindsey back. But Cortland Sutton's out for the year. That's their top receiver target. Now they got Judy, who's a rookie, and he's really, really good. But, again, that team's offense was in shambles. I, let's take an example when they beat the Jets. They had uh, Brett Rippon out there, and they scored, what, 34 points, something like that? So you can run into a good game. The Jets can't run into a good game, Matt. I mean, I'm, I'm looking through. The most points they scored was 28. That was in that Denver game. They haven't scored more than 17. 11.8 points per game on the season. <laughs> You're not winning anything scoring 11.8 points a game. No, not in today's NFL, especially when they're giving up 29.8 <laughs> points per game. I, 
I, I can't, how can you not blame Adam Gase? He's supposed to be the offensive, brilliant offensive mastermind. 11.8 points per game, Matt. You can double that total and still not have a top 10 offense in the NFL. Yeah, uh, this is just the Adam Gaze experiment. I don't even know if it's an experiment at this point because when you hear Joe Douglas talk, he loves the guy. Yeah. And for some reason, it makes no sense. They think this guy's going to be the head coach of this team for the future. I don't know how bad how bad do the Jets need to be until they fire this guy. You got to be 0-18 in a 16-game season, and I don't know how you'd even pull that off. <laughs> I mean, if any team were to do it, it would be the Jets, but – yeah, it it seems like because then they talked about also uh, if I'm remembering correctly from the K show in that interview, they're saying that you know even if he is 0 and 8, if they go 0 and 16, you know is is that it for him? And they're like, well, I'm not really sure. It, it was more like he was teaching a tap dancing class, Matt, than doing an interview. The way that he was going around all these questions that they were asking, and I get it. If you're in Joe Douglas's position, obviously you're not going to berate the coach on air to a reporter or anything, but at least shed some accountability that he didn't set any, he didn't push any accountability on Adam Gase for the poor start that they've had this season for the poor uh, first half of the season that they've had this season. Again, like you mentioned, no progress on the offense, major, major regressions on the defense. And every time they have a talented player, they want, they want out. Lev Bell released Jamal Adams. They had to trade him. Uh, Avery Williamson, did you see what he did? The picture yeah. that he posted? Yeah. He's in full Jets uniform. Haley, he couldn't wait to get out of uh, Florham Park. He couldn't wait to get out of there. You know why, Matt? Because it's a total disaster. They have no idea what it takes to play any sort of winning football. For whatever reason, they think it's better to show loyalty to a really, really bad coach than to fire a midseason and at least put some sort of winning culture in there. And – you know, they just – they show no signs of getting any better. It's either indecision or really, really bad decisions, doubling down on bad decisions, and that's what hurts this team. Yeah, they're not a good football team at all. And Adam Gaze deserves, like you said, Zach, some accountability because last year when they – you thought maybe they could make the wild card. They were sitting there around 500 at one point. They come off a dominant win against the Raiders at home. Right. Remember this? Oh, they I beat was the at Raiders that, at I was home. at that game. They yeah, get, I was they there. They beat up the Raiders, right? Uh -huh. And after that game, you thought, wait a second, we might have a chance. And yeah. it just goes like this all the way down, like a sinking ship, man. Yep. And – it's just he needs to take accountability. He's lost the team. He's lost. He looks like he's lost Darnold, too. Yeah. And it's just sad to see because, like you also said, Zach, about Darnold, he's got some talent. He's got some talent. He shows you some flashes right. with his legs. Why don't they have more plays for him maybe moving around and, you know, running plays for him? Because he has shown this season that – he can run the ball. He had that awesome run against the Broncos for a touchdown. Yeah. And he's shown that he has some nice, you know, he has some nice runs. And now, you know, they don't do that at all. And P. Ryan has shown you a little bit with his run game. He had a touchdown in that Bills game. Yeah. But other than that, and they got Denzel Mims back, or he was he didn't even play a game until the Bills no. game. Yeah. So you might have a little bit of young talent, I guess, on offense with maybe two players. But this team 
is so incredibly bad. And if they get the number one overall pick, they're probably going to pick Trevor Lawrence. And is that fair to Sam Darnold? Probably not because in his first three years, he really didn't have a great opportunity in his second year. Zach, I'm looking at the stats here. He threw for over 3,000 yards, 19 touchdowns, 13 picks. That's not a bad season last year. Right. But the team is really going nowhere, and I wouldn't be surprised if they were saying, okay, we're going to go in a different direction at quarterback, and let's bring in Trevor Lawrence if he's there at number one, if he goes out in the NFL draft because he said stuff about, hey, I might stay at Clemson another year. How yeah. disastrous would that be? It would be Peyton Manning all over again. I don't think he's going to do it, though. He really has nothing left to prove there in Clemson. I agree with that. He's, ready, totally to go, with he's that. ready to go to the NFL. I don't think that he'll pull that. If I had to give a roadmap for what the Jets need to do to get back on track, and it's not really that difficult, you got to start immediately with thinking about you know, replacing the head coach. It's clearly not working out. Again, I don't, I don't like calling for people's jobs, you know, but it's got to be the number one priority. Right. First and foremost, you got to get something. You have to get a whole new coaching staff in there because this unit isn't working at all. Second, you got to trade. I think it's time to trade Sam Darnold. I think he's really, really good, but the issue is his timeline isn't going to really line up with when the Jets are going to be good. What are you going to give him a really big contract? At, you know, because they're going to trade value though. That's the only question. Well, I have about you could that. probably get a two for him. Now you'd want a one. I'd say that a team could would probably give a two at worst a three for him. But I think you get a two for Sam Darnold right now. And that was going to be my next point: is you got to make sure you have a good coaching staff. What you do is you ship Darnold off, get maybe a two. Now you have two twos in next year's draft. You already have two threes and two ones. So now you have six picks in the top and you know in the top three rounds. And I think that that's a I trust Douglas to make some good picks there because Makai Becton looks really good. Um Denzel Mims, we don't really know what he's gonna be he's shown, yet. He's showing you some things. But he looks like he can be pretty good. And then you have the opportunity to get yourself a Lawrence and maybe get, you know, double up on Clemson, maybe get Etienne in there as well. At That'd the be end pretty of, cool. At the end of the first round, get those two guys I in like there. that. Yeah, mix it in. Maybe get another offensive lineman in the mix. They're going to have some cap space as well. They got rid of everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I really think that this team has a really good chance to, to turn things around fairly quickly, but they have to be decisive and make smart moves. They can't be like, oh, well, we like Gase. Well, he's not producing on the field. It doesn't matter, like, I'm sure the the Maras and, you know, the Tishes, they loved Tom Coughlin. But it was time for him to go. He wasn't getting the job done anymore. Now, granted, nobody since him has gotten the job done for the Giants. But that's – that's, <laughs> that's <also laughs> Nice catch. Know, thank you. I'm catching more balls than uh, Chris Herndon and, and uh, Evan Ingram. But <laughs> – sorry. But, yeah, I think that the Jets, again, it goes back to head coaching – and you got to move on from Darnold because you can restart with a new generationally talented quarterback. His cap hit's not going to hold you back as much. You could spend a little more in that free agency instead of having Darnold's contract. Will, will we or won't we resign him hanging over your head? I think it's the best thing to do. I don't think it's fair to Sam, but I think it's the right move for both those teams to kind of move on, have a clean break, and then the Jets can try again with somebody else because this isn't working. No, I totally agree. I think it starts from the coach. 
You got to get rid of him. You, you just you got to get rid of him. Yeah. He has just not produced anything at all. Uh, he's got to go. I don't know what else you got to say about it. He's got to go. Like you said, it's not fair to Sam Darnold, but he's probably likely on the move somewhere. And I think it's going to be really cool if they could land a Trevor Lawrence and then later back half of that first round or you know early second round, if they would draft an Etienne, have a Clemson yeah. one-two punch. I really like that, Zach and see what you can work with offensively and, you know, start competing in this division. Just start competing. In yeah, Tom Brady's game. gone and they're 0-8. Yeah. <laughs> the Jets got, fans' got, dream came true. That's on Monday night too, man. <laughs> they're going to lose that game <laughs> to the 2-5 and five Patriots too. I can't believe it. Oh, man. They, yeah. they got it. They, they, that's what they got to do though, Zach. I think they got to get rid of Gaze. And they got to start making some smarter decisions. If you're going to bring somebody in with some talent, make sure you're going to keep them. Right. Because, well, they have a history of not doing because that. Because they don't do that. No. With the guys you mentioned, Avery Williamson, who they just recently got rid of, is excited because guess what? He's going to a Super Bowl contender in Pittsburgh. Said, yeah. see ya. See you in New York. I'm going to Pittsburgh on a winning culture with a great coach in Tomlin, a stud defense. See ya. Well, I'm trying. I'm thinking of guys in the past. They they always get rid of guys that they that are homegrown guys. Yeah, Snacks Harrison, gone. Went to the Giants. Um, you know, just just recent examples. Jamal Adams. They drafted him sixth overall a couple years ago. That was your best player. Yeah, shipped him right out. Avery Williamson. He's a guy. Shipped him out. Yeah. Um, Sheldon Richardson. Shipped him out. You know, all these really, they have a lot of, they had a lot of talented guys. They haven't had disastrous drafts every single year. Now they've had a few, I think in the, the one with Idzik where I think all of them are out of the NFL or most of them are, but when they, when they hit, it doesn't like, it doesn't mean anything. And right now they're in the middle of mishandling two more homegrown guys. They kept sending Becton out a couple weeks ago when his shoulder was clearly hurt. I mean, he's better now he's back in and playing, but. You know, that that was scary. And the same thing with Darnold. They started, like, kind of screwing around with his health as well. So, uh, they got to really take a deep – I hope Douglas actually does take a look in the mirror because some of it's on him as well. I think only it's been here good for a bit's year. on him. Right. But the whole organization's got to look and be like, hey, this, is, this isn't working. It ain't working, man. <laughs> yeah. I know, like, hitting the reset button – sucks nobody wants to do it nobody wants to do it for the second third time in a row but you got to keep doing it until you get it right yep and i think that's what is next for this team we're going to see a complete overhaul if they're smart if they're not smart which again history would indicate they're going to hang on to gase they're going to hang on to darnold they're going to trade him when his value drops too much or just let him walk in free agency they're going to have a slightly worse pick and let lawrence go somewhere else because they were too high on Gase and Darnold's marriage, their ability to work together, and that's all going to fall through. So, I don't know, Matt. I mean, the, the Jets, it, they make everybody, they make their fans miserable, and I feel really bad because they have one of the most passionate fan bases you'll ever see. And I know, people, I know people say that about every team. And granted, I haven't been in a lot of different NFL stadiums, but I, I, my grandfather has Jets season tickets, and obviously couldn't go anywhere this year, but the past couple of years, he started taking me to a lot of games and they've been really bad. And just the, you know, the, all the green and white that you see out there in the stands and they come out in full force. Well, except that Raiders game 
Uh, <laughs> that was all Raiders fans last wow. year. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. But you saw them all start to leave. But they have a really passionate fan base. They really care about this team. And I, I think that they deserve a lot better than what they're getting. So the Jets certainly aren't doing enough to get better. Let's talk about something else in football that's not doing enough, but just the whole NFL in general. Matt, I'm getting a little concerned about this season uh, for the NFL. It seems like every week we're hearing so-and-so's got COVID on this team. So-and-so's got COVID on wherever. Yep. Big players got one. Matthew Stafford has been placed on the COVID-19 uh, reserve list for the Lions. I believe it was Kendrick Bourne on the 49ers wide receiver. He's got positive tests. They got to shut down the 49ers facility. Matt, this is really bad. Well, first and foremost, for, for player health and safety, like you don't want anybody getting COVID just for the sake of your player's own health. And Absolutely. then you also don't want players getting COVID because if they could spread it to other players, they could spread it to older coaches. Third, you got to start thinking about moving or canceling games. We're halfway through the season, Matt. We can't do a lot of shuffling like that going down the stretch where a lot of these games are really going to matter. And then the playoffs. So my, I'm thinking it's time to bubble up. Maybe right after Thanksgiving, right before Thanksgiving. I don't know what your thoughts on that. Some people might think it's too drastic. I don't see any other way to prevent, to be absolutely sure, as close to sure as possible, that the rest of the season goes according to plan and that you're able to go ahead and have an uninterrupted postseason, except to maybe bubble these teams up. Yeah, well, you, you, you saw how the NBA worked with their bubble, and it was a, a really big success how that all worked. But through the first, what was it, thir three weeks of the season this year, you didn't really hear anything in the NFL COVID-wise. Uh, right. Everybody was coming back negative, which was really good. And it happened when it, the Titans really got COVID. Uh, that was a few weeks ago. Yeah, and, and then Cam that, got it too. Yeah, since that happened – Things haven't gone well, and the NFL, they were doing with the coaches, they'd see pictures or something on the sideline, and if the coaches weren't wearing masks, they were fining them 100 k uh, So they were trying to do some things to stop it, you know, so, you know try to – not stop it because you're not going to stop COVID at this moment in time. Well, right, you know, but at least, you know, mitigate it. Yeah, mitigate, prevent it. Uh, but you knew the risks coming in as well. I mean, the risks were, hey, you know, in, in foot, you're trying to play a football season here in the NFL, and COVID's a, a, a pandemic. This is going to happen. How are you going to respond? What are the necessary things you're going to do to maybe, you know, help player safety? And maybe, like you said, Zach, maybe one of those things is going to a bubble and bubbling the teams for the second half of the season. I personally don't know how that will all work, but – it could happen, and I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Now, does the NFL have a plan in place where they could do that? Again, I'm not sure, but I think they need to be focusing on player safety for sure because you mentioned Kendrick Bourne uh, tested positive. He's a member of the 49ers. They shut down that facility. They're supposed to play the Packers tomorrow night. How's that going to work out? And that's a huge game right now. I mean, the 49ers, because of their injuries, probably won't be – making, you know, the, a run at the division, but they could certainly make a run at a wild card spot. I mean, I think, sure. they'll fin I think everybody in the NFC West will finish with a winning record. And then the Packers are looking for one seed. They're trying to hang on to the top spot in the North. You know, they have a pretty competitive division as well. So you just, you can't have this kind of stuff happening week in and week out. 
And I'm not talking about maybe the same kind of bubble the NBA have because that's you can't pull that off in the yeah, NFL. Yeah. There's too many people. But how about maybe putting the players up in a hotel like you do in training camp? Because I, I remember hearing Chris Canty talk about this a couple of weeks ago. Like that, that's what they do in training camp. You, you stay at the hotel. You know, you wake up at 7. You get to the field. You don't leave until like 6. And then you got to go to bed early because you got to go back and practice the next day. Yep. And your travel's pretty, you know, restricted. You're going to be there the whole time. And I, I don't, you know, some players might not like it, but I think that they would like not playing and not getting paid for games even worse. Exactly. Then, you know, and getting COVID even worse than doing that. So I think it's more important for them to do that. And I talked about the NFL having a contingency plan. I don't think they do. What they've been focusing on right now with the competition committee is adding a playoff team. I don't think it's time to be talking about adding a playoff team. You got to be focused on player safety. Oh, I agree with that completely. A hundred percent. Don't worry about adding a playoff team. How about we start thinking about player safety, as you just mentioned, how about we worry about trying to help these players stay safe out there? I mean, really, and stay safe, from COVID and, and doing the necessary precautions that need to that need to happen. So uh, let's worry about that more than a playoffs, but uh, adding a playoff team, please, please. Yeah. I mean, I, I get, I get where they're coming from. They want to add the game so that they can make some of the money back from the media Absolutely. deals, but you can't do that. If you know, 50% of the teams are sick or out with COVID, especially with it spiking all over the place. Absolutely. It's uh yeah. So I don't think the NFL is doing enough. They're proven again to be the most irresponsible of all the leagues when it comes to stuff like this. Even the even Major League Baseball, they bubbled up before the playoffs. Playoff yeah. teams, they started having the players inside doing this and that. It's time to do that in the NFL, especially with cases surging everywhere. You know, especially with the the weight of the types of games coming up. I I, I really don't. And they they have the money to do it, Matt. They they they're just they print money over there at the NFL. Even with losing some sort of gate revenue, the amount of money in their TV contracts and merchandising and all that is unbelievable. So it's the biggest sport in the country. So I'm really disappointed in the National Football League. Again, they're, they're kind of moving in and out with this. And I know probably the players will have to approve something like that at the same time, but they got to have their own safety in mind with that. So I don't know. You, you have you have anything more on <laughs> on the irresponsibility of the National Football League, or I we'll we'll talk about that. So the <laughs> we can talk about that. So the cows go home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I stated what my point basically pretty much. Let's focus a little bit more on player safety. Let's not focus on adding the playoff team uh, with the with COVID spiking, like you said, all around. You just want to make sure these guys are safe. And, and their families, be, too. Yeah, they're, they're, these guys are safe. Their families are safe. Let's see how this all works out and plays out. And hopefully the NFL can have a plan in place where they can limit some of this stuff. Yeah, they certainly can cut it down. I get it. It's hard to control, you know, 100 players and staff altogether. But they kind of do it in training camp already. And I think that you could pull it off. At, at the very least, it would lower the risk. Anyway, Absolutely. So I, I know that was a little more somber. We're going to move on to something a little more fun. Uh, so instead of hot or not this week, Matt had the brilliant idea of playing a would you rather game. It was inspired by the third one on this list. This is going to be fun. Uh, we tried to come up with some tough NFL scenarios. Uh, you know, would you rather this or that? They can either both be equally bad or both be equally good. We thought it'd be fun to have some sort of, uh, you know, maybe some silly justifications, maybe some more, a little bit, 
more well thought out. So, so Matt, how about, how about you kick off the segment here with Would You Rather? We'll do Hot or Not. Uh, we'll do Hot or Not again, but I, I'm excited for this one. Yeah, Would You Rather, this is a segment here. Me and Zach, obviously, you explained it. Would You Rather, Zach? Here we go. Okay. Have Adam Gaze as your coach for 10 years or the Johnsons own your team for a decade? This is a tough one. This is a tough one because – I'll give you my answer. But well, what, would, what would you do? Wait, you know, think, no, no, no. I don't, I don't want to be influenced. Never mind, never mind. Okay. okay. So, let's see. Through, for the majority of my lifetime, the Johnsons have owned the Jets. I've seen them make the playoffs three – I think three times. Or they had three really good playoff runs. 2002 with Chad Pennington. Uh, and then the back-to-back AFC Championship games with Mark Sanchez. And that was with the Johnsons. They made some smart decisions in that time. I always loved Chad Pennington. He was, him and Eli were my favorites growing up. And then, you know, even though Sanchez, uh, Sanchez wasn't the best quarterback, Rex Ryan was a heck of a coach. They had a great defense. They made a lot of personnel decisions. Honestly, Matt, I, I think having the Johnsons own my team for a decade is probably the better choice. You can't trust Gase. I don't want anybody with even the potential of having an 0-8 star running my team. I'll pick, any, I'll pick anybody else, L- literally almost anybody else except that. He's, he's been a head coach now, I think, five years. This will be it. Uh, the Jets are not going to make the playoffs, so he's only made the playoffs once, and he hasn't made it any of the last four years. He's unimaginative on offense. I mean, again, we talked about that in the beginning. While the Johnsons are – maybe not the best owners in terms of decision-making. I don't really like their structure where they have their GM and their head coach have equal weight when it comes to, um, when it comes to bringing things up. Like it's not like the GM is the boss of the coach. They ha- kind of have an equal. I don't agree with that. But I'd much rather have that than just see a dreadful product on the field. So I'd have to go with the Johnsons owning my team for a decade. What would you say, Matt? I- I'm going to go against you here. I, I think – Really? Yeah, because uh- – the the Johnsons are a disgrace, and, and, and now both of them are bad. But I think yeah, what do you ra- Chris? Yeah, I'd rather have Adam Gaze coach my team for ten years than have these these guys own the team for the next decade. Right. You got to be kidding me! Adam Gaze is bad. We all understand that. But who hired Adam Gaze? But it, who hired Adam Gaze? <laughs> That's there it is, Zach. That's why I'm going Adam Gaze next ten. Well, they also hired Rex like Ryan. It. I wouldn't like it. Right. But that would be what I would do in that I, situation. I, I can't even imagine the Ravens really having a bad season ever. So even if you guys had something like that, I think you would survive. Um. All right. So I got one for you. And this one I thought was a lot of fun. Now, they're not, like, rated super high this year, but the personnel is unbelievable uh, for the Indianapolis Colts offensive line. It's so funny because it's a far cry from what Luck ever had. And if Luck had this offensive line, I think he'd still be playing. But th- oh, this, yeah. this line they, is they, – They might have won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think so. Quinn and Nelson and those guys, they're, they're fantastic. So – they're really great, and there's another dominant unit this year in the Steelers' defense who I know haunt your dreams at night. So how, would you rather have the Indianapolis Colts offensive line, Matt, or the Steelers' dominant defense? This was a tough one for me, but I'm, I'm going to go Colts' offensive line. Yeah. Two reasons why. In 2019, this unit played or all five starters – Played 16 games every game in last wow. year. Didn't yeah. miss a game. 
All five came back here in 2020. Uh, I think Costanzo got hurt against the Bears earlier this year, which broke that streak or broke that streak of yeah. they all played consecutive games. And you know, Quinn and Nelson is an absolute beast. I mean, he's one of the best guards and or best guards in football. He when Marshall Yonda for the Ravens retired. He probably took that number one st- uh, spot, in my opinion. This guy's tough nose, and he's a great guard. They have a lot of depth at, at position, so if somebody would get hurt, they have guys that could come in and step up. Now, they've done a pretty good job protecting Phillip Rivers this year, and you're seeing what Jonathan Taylor's looking like running the ball. He's looked really good. Uh, in his rookie season out of Wisconsin, he looks really good and somebody that you're going to rely on moving forward as we play the back half of the season here is they are looking to uh, take for, take leap there in the AFC South. So I think the Colts offensive line is dominant and I'm picking them over the Steelers because Zach, did you watch the game last week between the Ravens and Steelers? I didn't get it. I didn't get it up here. I wasn't in my, uh, it wasn't in my locale. I will say this. I, I think I got stuck fan, with the Jet game. Yeah. <laughs> as a Ravens fan, Zach, watching that game, I know the Ravens lost the game, but I'm not sitting here and saying, wow, that's Steelers defense. You kidding me? Did you the, – the run defense? All we heard last week – Yeah, was the run defense. Is about how great this front seven was T.J. Watt. To Bud Dupree. Hey, we're Dupree. Now, they made plays. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give the people that. They got a turnover. They got a pick six Spillane. They got another turnover uh, early in the third quarter with an interception. Bud Dupree came up big, got a sack fumble, or I think just a fumble uh, when the Ravens were going in to score. But the run defense wasn't there. The no. Ravens lost two offensive linemen in that game. Yeah. They lost Ronnie Stanley for the year who just signed a five-year over $100 million. That seems to always happen with offensive linemen, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just so unfortunate. (laughs) He broke his ankle. Then they also got hurt. Tyree Phillips got hurt in that game. So they had to move their right right tackle Orlando Brown to left tackle. Right. Okay? And they had to bring Pat McCarry, their backup center, in at right guard. And they still dominated the line of scrimmage. J.K. Yeah. Dobbins had 112 rushing yards. Gus the Bus Edwards came up <laughs> big, okay? And Lamar Jackson did his thing on the ground. So, I don't want to hear about how great this – now, it's a good defense, and they're probably one of the best top three in the league. But yeah. they got dominated up front. They made plays, just like a one or two plays in that game. That, that's why they won that game. No other reason why. Their offense was non-existent for the first half. And the Ravens should have been up 24-3 to after, after two. But since they just – the turnovers hurt them. And, Lamar, you got to be better, bro. You got to be better than those four turnovers. That's why they lost the game. I'm not sitting here and saying the Steelers' defense is bad. But when you get shredded on the run game, and all we've heard about is how great your front four is, how good your linebackers are. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. You gave up 260, 70 yards on the ground. 
You got dominated by your rival in the trenches. You just made a few plays. Congratulations. We'll see you on Thanksgiving. That's my point there. Yeah, you're right, Matt. They they really kind of – the defense laid an egg. The offense bailed them out. Of course, a couple of turnovers. Uh, Lamar Jackson with some fumbles in that game, I believe. Uh, it was a tough fumbles. go for the Ravens. Yeah, but, yeah, the Steelers dropped out of the, you know, the top three defense. Actually, they were top two. Now they're number five, 310.7 yards a game. I believe before the game, they were around 70 yards per game on the ground. Now almost 196.9 and 20.3 points per game. Still pretty good, but not where they were. So I got another one for you, Matt. A little closer to home, uh, Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts starting for the Eagles moving forward. Wentz, of course – 12 touchdowns, 12 picks, didn't look great in the last game. Had a couple fumbles as well. Jalen Hurts waiting in the wings. He was a – I believe they picked him in the second round. Uh, kind of surprised some people there because, you know, they, they seem to like Wentz. But what do you think that they should do moving forward? Because that's going to be a little bit of a tough call. I think we all have seen what Wentz can do when he's great. But is it time for a change, uh, change and maybe a, a new guard coming in for the Eagles? Well, it's been a discussion here in Philly, Zach. I've been listening to a lot of 94 WIP Ooh, over the last week. That's a good And they have been hammering this. Would you rather have Wentz or Hurts start for you guys moving forward? And this is, this is a tough one for me. I'd personally like to have Wentz moving forward. Now, I think Hurts is going to be a good player in this league, possibly, when Wentz leaves eventually. But they have so much money. And, and, and time invested into Carson Wentz because he signed that extension and he's shown you this year, Zach, that he could be clutch in the fourth quarter and, and will his team back. Now, that well, game – Well, it was clutch against the Giants. I mean – Clutch against the Giants. We blow came, leads all the time. Yeah, they, they blow <laughs> leads. But then he, he brought the, uh, them back against the, the Ravens when they were losing big in that game, had a two-point conversion – and they didn't have a good play call at all. They tried his own read. It didn't work out at all. Matthew Judon ate it all up, and he, he defended it beautifully right. for the Ravens. But Carson Wentz, I think, is going to be the quarterback for this team moving forward because Doug Peterson has taken so much you know, criticism this year about, oh, should you put Hurts in? It's right. time to put Hurts in. And I think he, deep down – But that's Eagles fans being Eagles fans. Though, oh, right? well, yes, yes. Yeah. Exactly. We do the same um, thing in New York. It's yes. or New Jersey too, yeah. <laughs> and so I think Wentz and, and Doug Peterson are trying to work things out, and they're sitting here right now saying probably we're three and four. We haven't played our best football. We're still atop of the NFC least. We're in good position <laughs> here. So why change that with Jalen Hurts now? When he's come in, he's shown you some sparks. And they're trying to get him more involved in the offense. And I really don't like the designs that they've had Jalen Hurts in. Yeah. I think it's too easy to defend. Okay, if he's, he's in here, he's either going to run him. or run or, sh or throw a quick ball. He's not going to throw something down the field. It's just yeah. not going to happen. So I think Wentz is going to be the quarterback moving forward. But he's got to play better than what yeah. he did against Dallas. Zach, that was putrid from Carson Wentz. I mean, they won the game, but yeah, that's because Ben DiNucci was the quarterback of the Dallas <laughs> Andy Dalton was playing last week. Yeah. I think the Cowboys might have won that game. I think so, too. Andy Dalton, is he's not terrible. I, I think they would have won that game. Yeah. Carson Wentz last week was awful. And if 
Donovan McNabb. I saw what Steve, Stephen A. Smith said this, and I totally agree. He said if Donovan McNabb was playing like Carson Wentz the last few weeks, people would want him out. Oh, yeah. Well, they always had a love-hate with Donovan, even though he was probably one of the best quarterbacks in franchise history. Yep. Yeah, I, I never understood that. They, they never seemed to, to really take to him. Uh, I agree with you. I think I'd go with Wentz as well. Yeah, why, why change it? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Now every team in the NFC East is broke, but the Eagles are the it's best. It's amazing, though, the Zach, worst. That, that a lot of these guys think like Wentz is like a top two worst quarterback in the NFL. He's not. I just – I can't go there. He's not. He I can't a, He's go had there. some bad games. He's and played bad, but I can't say he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. I'd take him over probably 10 to 10 quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah, he's not showing that? it this year. Everybody has a kind of a clunker of the season. I mean, remember last year with Jared Goff? Like, yeah. Same draft class. People were like, oh, my God. Like, you know, get him out of here. The season before, he was, like, really, really good. And now this year, he's he's all right. He's a slightly above average quarterback. I think it's all going to even out for Wentz. I think he's going to end up being, when it's all said and done, known as, in this era, a guy that had that really good MVP caliber season. Maybe he has another one down the line again. But for the most part, a bit of above average quarterback, if he can stay healthy, maybe even a little bit better than that. But I don't I, think it's time to turn to Jalen yet. No, I don't think so either. And if it, there's one person to blame in that situation between, you know, Carson Wentz or Doug Peterson, in my opinion, I think it's got to be uh, Carson Wentz because his play hasn't been good this point this season. And Doug Peterson's a good coach. And I think they're just not working well together right now. And I think most of mis the mistakes that Carson Wentz has made this year has been because of his mechanics, and he's unable to – and he's been missing guys. I mean, you can't – you know, coaching has nothing to do with that. Yeah. Overthrowing guys, uh, holding the ball too long and fumbling it, throwing interceptions on overthrows because you want to give your wide receiver a chance. And one other thing before I kick it to you for the yeah. next would you rather here, Zach. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of hearing after every interview from Carson Wentz, we got to be better. Yeah. We got to be better. I got to be better. I be mean, better. say something else. Just be better. Why do you got to be better? Can you explain <laughs> why you're holding the ball too long and fumbling it? Can you explain why you're looking downfield? Did you see the interception when he was rolling right and he threw a, a Hail Mary, it seemed, into double coverage at it's the goal? Daniel Jones ball, yeah. <laughs> Could we, we answer those kind of questions instead of yeah. we got to be better every week? Because we all know you got to be better every week. Yeah. We all do. Be better. Be like you were in 2017. You got injured. I understand all that. But that was three years ago. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Yeah. I'm just like, I want to see, like, I'm a big Carson Wentz fan, and I tweeted after the Giants game. That was a big-time gutsy performance in fourth quarter. You know, I know you say the, the Giants blew, you know, blow games, and I understand that. Especially against not, the Eagles. I'm not going to take that away from Carson Wentz. <laughs> right. Say he played with guts. Let's answer these questions post-game more than we got to be better because anybody with two eyes and who can see knows you, you got to be better. So that's Matt really sharing his conviction on how much he really doesn't want Jalen Hurts on the Eagles because look at how irate he was with Carson Wentz, and he still thinks that Wentz should be the quarterback moving <laughs> forward for this team. But I, I agree. I, I, I think it is both sides of that coin. Like, 
you want you expect more out of them, but still think he's the better option. So what's what's our last one though? What's our last? Would you right, rather? I, I know one. what it is, but it's fun. To ask. I, I, I think <laughs> uh, you're going to struggle with this one. I am. I think so. Too. I think you're going to struggle with it. Would you rather have Daniel Jones be your quarterback of the future? I, this is what his second year, or uh, another quarterback, whether it's in free agency, you bring somebody in, or in the draft. Well, I got to look at the free agent class real quick. It's, it, it, it looks pretty bad. I mean, well, uh, Matt Schaub's on the list? Bring... That's cool. I oh, always that... liked Matt. Matt Schaub is on the list. Remember him? <laughs> yeah. I loved Matt he's Schaub. He's still in the league, right? He's still – yeah, he's kicking. He's, he's the backup for, um, for Matt Ryan. Uh, okay. I mean, so here's, here's my thing with Daniel Jones. It's it's been so up and down with him. I I was at the um, the draft party the Giants and Jets had in 2019, uh, where they had you know all the fans going to MetLife. You check it out, and they play the draft on the on the big jumbotrons. I was there with my buddy Joe and some of his friends, and I remember on our way there, we were like, "All right, Josh Allen would be great," you know. Maybe ha- we were high on Haskins at the time because he just had that great Ohio State season. Well, like, Haskins seems good. An offensive lineman would be great. For the love of God, do not draft Daniel Jones. That's don't, it. Don't draft him at six. Yeah, don't draft him at six. Because then they have a later first-round pick. They had two later first-round picks. Yeah. Because they so traded for probably one. Probably could have gotten him later. Yeah, they probably could have gotten him. But anyway, we get there. They call Kyler Murray. They called, I believe it was the Niners pick, and then, like, the Raiders pick, and somebody else, and then we get to the Giants, <laughs> and then they say, now with the number six overall pick from Duke, the Giants like Daniel Jones. Matt, I wish you could have seen my friend Joe. I've, he's a little bit of a big guy, and he doesn't, he doesn't, like, run very fast. I had to sprint to catch up with him to get because he just ran out of the stadium screaming his face was red he was punching his car he was furious we were all mad but he was he really embodied what giants fans felt at the time then we're like all right we calm down let's give him a chance shows up wins his first game against tampa all right wins his next start cool then they struggle the turnovers are there then he had that big win against Washington. That was – I mean, that ended up – some people don't like that the Giants won that game because they lost out on the Chase Young sweepstakes. But, you know, they might have picked an offensive lineman anyway. So, that's neither here nor there. Is my, I don't know if you could hear My dog wanted to join on the conversations. Um, you know, the turnovers are there. This year, the turnovers, again, have been a major issue. But – Honestly, I'm not ready to give up on him just yet because when you watch him play, he's got the talent. He's got the arm strength. He can run. He's really good when he's able to get the ball out quickly. What he has to learn how to do, and you can coach this, is read the defenses more properly. I think with a coach that's as big of like just a a film rat kind of guy like Joe Judge is and a guy that's very disciplined and, you know, has a plan for everything. I think that he's the guy and Jason Garrett being a veteran and a, you know, a veteran coach and a quarterback in this league himself. I think that he's in a good position right now. If they can block for him a little bit better. And if they get Saquon back next year, that Jones can be really good. Cause remember last season, he had a couple games with through like five touchdown passes. I like Daniel Jones. So this guy's good. good now I love Trevor Lawrence. I'm a big Clemson guy. 
I think Justin Fields is going to be really great. Trey Lance, I'm not sure yet. But I, and I think Lawrence could be generational. Right now, from what I know, though, in the same situations, I think I would – right now, if I had to just pick for today, I would stick with Daniel Jones. Because, again, the free agent class is weak unless we're going to go spend all kinds of money on Dak Prescott, which isn't going to happen because – if you Justin know. Fields is available, like you mentioned. Like if Fields if it, is available? Because you're, you're probably not picking one. The Jets are picking one, and they're probably going to take – Yeah, and the Giants one. might win a couple games. If Fields is available, no, I don't, I don't think so. I like okay. what he brings to the table. I'm not saying that I don't think Fields will be better than Jones. I'm just not ready to give up on Jones and draw another lottery ticket when this one isn't terrible. Because, again, you can coach – like. Stopping turnovers. We've seen it happen before with some guys. They learn to hang out with the ball. It's all part of maturing as a player I in the NFL. I think he's got to be better with the turnovers. Oh, I, I, I agree. But I think when he's able to read those secondaries better, you're going to see the picks get cut down on. And I think also when he's able to make better, posi- uh, better decisions and go through his progressions quicker, you're going to see the fumbles go down as well. Because a big problem for him, like Wentz, he holds on to the ball too long. But even at the end of the last game against Tampa – we saw him throw a ball out of bounds, and Steve Levy and Brian Greasy and um, – oh, my gosh. Lewis Reddick. Lewis Reddick. I, I I'm like, he's my favorite guy in the booth. I can't remember his name. Lewis Reddick. They were all, like, applauding him. They're like, yes, he threw the ball out of bounds. <laughs> was per- and it matched my sentiment. I texted my friend. I was like, he threw it out of bounds. We were so excited for him. And I think that if he can keep doing that type of stuff, it'll, it'll all fall into place. He'll cut down on the sacks. He'll cut down on the picks, and then we'll start seeing the more of the Daniel Jones that, you know, Dave Gettleman and co. have envisioned. I think that he's still the quarterback of the future. I'm not ready to give up on him just yet. And, Matt, with that, right before we go on to probably everybody's favorite, our NFL picks, uh, we just want to – We bring little, the hate with those picks, man. We bring the, well, you especially do. Uh <laughs> I, I love when I love when you get real riled up about something. It's the best. It's the best. Um, just a little quick hit right here. Um, it was all NFL talk, but we're gonna kind of use this as a reset point. The NBA is awaiting approval for uh, from the player representatives to start the season on December 22nd. I think this is cool. Um, it might be a little bit of a quick turnaround for some of the teams that were deep in the playoffs, especially obviously the Lakers and the Heat. But Matt, there's been teams that haven't played since uh, since March. So I think maybe the sooner the better. And, again, I have all the faith in the world that the NBA is going to take player safety seriously and be able to pull off this season even without a bubble. Um, So I think that this is some exciting news, and I think it's going to be fun to have uh, basketball back in December so we get basketball back as football is starting to heat up. Uh, Absolutely, Zach. I'm 100% with you. December 22nd would be a really cool date for the the NBA to come back. right before Christmas. And a lot of people think that when Christmas hits, that was when the NBA season really starts. Yeah. Exactly. So having the, they're thinking about having a reduced 72 game schedule there, Zach. Yeah. Um, the season will be, will finish before the summer Olympics in about mid July. Mm-hmm. So they have a plan in place there. And I really, like you said, I got no problem with them, you know, trying to start, uh, a little bit early because of the point that you really just mentioned there, Zach. There's been teams that haven't played a basketball game in a very long time. Yeah, the Knicks, Even the, Hawks. the Hawks. Yeah. Now, do we want to really watch those teams play basketball? Well, no. no. 
No. Even Spike Lee doesn't want to watch the Knicks play, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe, you know, for the Hawks, I kind of want to see Trey Young pull up for 45 feet. Well, uh, yeah, that's, that's always a good time. But the team isn't that good. As a whole. Although, watch out for the Hawks, people. I said it last year on my show last year on, called Half Court. When we get our, our NBA preview, you don't want to miss that. Ooh. Because it's good stuff. Hey, it's going to be good stuff. That's, that's what I we call the a tease. Hawks disappointed me last year. I expect them to be better. But I'm really excited. If they can get this thing rolling on December 22nd, let's go. Yeah, I'm excited to see the NBA. And, again, I trust them more than any other professional sports league uh, to get this right, them and the WNBA. All right, so let's move on to the picks. Matt, yet again, wiping the floor with me and making people some money. Eight and two overall, four and one last week. I mean, you're, you're, just, you're a guru at this, and we make a lot of picks each week. Yeah, 800 I mean, winning percentage. I'm at 500, which is not terrible. Not bad. Not yeah. bad at all. I'd, I'd break even, but you've got 800. Like, the people got to listen to you if they want to pay their mortgage. Well, I'm so. due, that means I'm due for a bad week. Hopefully not this week. Zach, I was a little bit upset, but at the same time not upset because Max Moneyline pick of the week did not cash in. I was watching that game real tough because that was your Moneyline game of the week. And they had the ball. <laughs> and, like, part of me was like, Bill, stop them. We need right. to stop here. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm already one for one. Well, they covered, didn't they? Was it three? I had, them, I had them three and a half, so I had them covered. Okay, yeah, so they covered. Yeah, but they didn't win it outright. They didn't win it outright. And, you know, you, it was, uh, you know, I felt bad for Cam Newton, but also not at the same time because that team seems to get every break over the last uh, – 20 years in the yeah. NFL. So I really didn't feel that bad, but yeah, Zach eight and two, four and one last week, went four and one, uh, three weeks ago, had the Steelers plus four, the Bengals plus five and a half. That was a really, uh, uh, good pick. Uh, yeah. Bengals plus five and a half. They won that game. Yeah. That was a crazy upset. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks minus three. I thought that was going to be a much better game, Zach, but the Seahawks really dominated that game from start to finish. The Eagles covered the uh, seven and a half point spread, and then I lost the Bills. That was my four and one league, people. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, we're feeling good. Eight yeah, you, and two. Here's week the, nine. Turn up the dials on the on your uh, device right here, right now. You're gonna. Here is these. week nine. Max, week nine picks. We're gonna kick it off when the Ravens travel to the Colts. Ravens coming off a loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers mentioned my thoughts earlier in the show that I thought the Ravens did dominate that game, uh, running the ball, the turnovers hurt them. Lamar stunk out the joint. It wasn't a good game for Lamar Jackson. The defense played pretty well. I like what I saw. They couldn't get the stop when it mattered, but again, we'll see Pittsburgh on, on Thanksgiving. In this game, I think the Ravens bounce back against the good Colts team. That's a good defense, but here's going to be the X factor, Zach, and why I think the Ravens are going to cover this minus two and a half points spread. Phillip Rivers is going to do something that isn't good for the Indianapolis Colts, right. and it's going to be an interception. I think the Ravens defense is going to force turnovers in this football game because Rivers is kind of 
He likes throwing the ball wherever. It doesn't matter if guys are not open or not. He takes chances, and while that might help the Colts, it's not going to help them in this game because the Ravens have a lot of guys that can cover. Now, Marlon Humphrey got COVID. He's not playing in this game. Going to be a big loss for the Ravens, but I think they're going to chew clock. They're going to run. I think Lamar's going to have a better game. Give me the Ravens. Minus two and a half on the road against the Colts. A lot of people like the Colts. A little underdog pick. Not nah. The right. Ravens are winning this game and it's going to be by more than minus two and a half points. My next pick here, Zach. I was really thinking Giants on this one. The team, right. Giants. The team are at home. And they're playing good football. They're coming off a bye. They beat up the Dallas Cowboys. The line's two and a half. The Giants are playing well. They deserve a win. They haven't been able to get it. They played great against the Bucks on Monday Night Football. Thought they got hosed on that two-point conversion play. They did get hosed, but we're, we're all getting over it. We've been distracted by, by other things in the past couple of days. So, <laughs> so trying to get over it. They're going to play hard. They're going to have a chance. I like the team in this game. I really Why? I like the team. They've showed that game last week. Well, Matt's going to have at least three losses now after this week. (laughs) Hey, they covered for me when they played each other three weeks ago. They're at home. A lot of people are like, this Washington football team, man, they came up big against the Dallas Cowboys. That defense was electric against that sorry Cowboys team. I think they're hot right now. I saw saw something after that game against Dallas that – uh, I think it was McLaurin was talking to the team after the win, and it kind of inspired me that I, I'm kind of rooting for the football team a little bit here. <laughs> Give me the t- football team minus two and a half at home. Ron Rivera, I like what the Giants are doing. I like how they're playing, but they're not going to beat the team on the road. Min- uh, team minus two and a half there. Zach, here's a lock of the week. Lock. Ooh. And you have it too. Yeah. Steelers. Minus 14 at the Cowboys. Oh, there yeah. no way That's they easy don't money. cover that game. You had your lock of the week last week when the Kansas City Chiefs played the With Jets. With the Jets, yep. Easy lock. This is about as easy as it gets. Steelers beat the Cowboys. The Lions 14. Who knows who's playing quarterback this week for the Cowboys. It ain't Ben DiNucci. I heard things about Cooper Rush. I think it might be Rush. Didn't he start the season with the Giants? He might have. I know he's been backing up the Cowboys for a little bit. Yeah. So get the Steelers minus 14. Take it. It's free money. It's free money. (laughs) If Matt's saying it, it's free money. Against the Cowboys, I'm hot, so I feel a little bit confident, Zach. All right. That's why. Things have been good. Moving right along here, Zach. The Bills. I bet against them last week. Not this Mm -hmm. week. Not this week. They got Seattle at home. Seattle, they're a good football team. But, hey, if the Bills want to be Super Bowl contenders, beat Seattle. Beat Seattle. If they beat Seattle this week, I can officially say this team's Super Bowl contenders. I can officially say that. I'm not there yet. They took care of business against New England. I'm happy for it. But now you got a tough task at hand when Russell Wilson comes to town. Let's see what happens here. Matt, I think, I think you're letting eight and two get to your head. The Bills are not beating Seattle. Come hey, on. They're plus three. All right. Oh, man. The, the, the Orker part, man. I'm taking them. Bills plus three. They might win this game. You might want to mess with the money line. Bills plus three. Max picks a week nine. Now, 
Here we go, Zach. Last pick. Max money line pick of the week. All right. Fins over Cardinals. Did you watch the Fins last week? I picked them last week. That was a great pick by you. I was yeah. kind of iffy on that game. Mm-hmm. But how about the defense? Their defense. The Miami is un- I think they're the best scoring defense in the league, or the second best. They're so insane. They, 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 I mean, they made Jared Groff look terrible in the pocket, uh, having him running around for his life. Taking, uh, he fumbled a few times, some picks as well. I was really impressed with what I also saw from Tua. I think he played great. Brian Fitzpatrick, he was the quarterback early on in the season. Tua came in. He picked up right where they left off. They're four and three people, and they're playing a good Cardinals team that you know are coming off a good win. They're off a bye. I understand all that thing, but the Finns are hot. That's Max Moneyline pick of the week. We're one and one. Let's try to make it two and one. Fins over cards. Those are my pick sack. A little recap. Ravens minus two and a half. Team minus two and a half. Steelers minus 14. Bills plus three. And Max Moneyline pick of the week. Fins over Cardinals. Zach, you're five and five. Let's make it a good week, bro. Yeah, you know, 500, but only three games back in this uh, in this pick challenge so far. And, and you know what, Matt? With some of those crazy picks that you just sent out, I, I'm pretty comfortable that I'm going to make them some ground this week. All right, let's go. Because I go against you on a couple of them. So these let's are going to be direct. Oh, yeah, this could be a big week for you. This could be. So let's go right off the bat. Giants, road dogs. In fact, all of my picks are road teams. I've picked only road teams this week because Love of it. that confident all of them. Giants plus two and a half going on the road. They're going to stop on the team. Haskins, Allen, they're not, neither of them going to be able to do anything against this so you Giants. You think they team. win this one easily? Oh, easily. They're going to, they're going <laughs> to, oh yeah, by at least oh. a touchdown. You saw, you liked what you saw against Tampa. I loved what I saw against Tampa. You had the two picks, but they ran the ball against the Tampa defense. That was the best at stopping the run. Daniel Jones marched them right down the field at the end of the game. Again, they got hosed on that two-point conversion. If, if Jones doesn't throw one of those interceptions, again, against a top defense in the NFL, Giants probably win that game and take down Tom Brady on Monday Night Football. I like the Giants. Plus two and a half. You can lock that one right in. And uh, let's go with the other uh, local New Jersey, New York team. Matt, <laughs> Matt, I'm betting against the Jets until they give me a reason not to every single time. Hey, and that, I think that's been your wins over the last two weeks. So that like, is. Your, I picked the Chiefs. Wins? The Chiefs minus 19 and a half, Matt. And Were they covered at all? easily. Nope. Not for one second in that game. I watched the whole game. Not concerned at all. Mahomes sleepwalked his way to five touchdown passes. You probably would have had another if they didn't go to uh, Henny at the end of the game. If they were really just wanting to embarrass the Jets, he probably would have had six or seven. He came in, he looked like he walked into work with his lunchbox, came in, went at his desk, scored five touchdowns, and was able to leave early. That's how easy that was. This Jets team is terrible. The Patriots have lost four in a row. They get it right against the Jets. They can run the ball really well. They'll control time of possession really well. And all the defense has to do is be average in order to stop the Jets. I like the Patriots minus seven at MetLife Stadium. Now, Matt, this one's a direct opposite of what you picked. Matt, this line confused the heck out of me. I have no idea how the Bills were only uh, three-point dogs dogs at home. The Seattle team is way better than the Bills. The Bills have not played very good football this season. They they, they really have. Uh, 
all season long. They've been a little bit of a nightmare. Josh Allen, after throwing 12 touchdowns and one interception in his first uh, first four games, completing 70% of his passes. Now four touchdowns, four picks in the last four games. He has been pedestrian in his last few games. I do agree with that. People were talking about him being an MVP candidate. He's really slowed up. Right, yeah, they beat the Jets, they beat the Jets, they beat the Patriots. Those teams have a combined 2 and 13 record. They they I I really I was high on them at the beginning of the season, and after that Tennessee game it all started to go downhill. They have to wake up. And even though they're playing against the Seattle defense that just kind of lets you score or just kind of lets you throw the ball for as many yards as you want, Josh Allen is not going to outduel Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson can beat a good off or a good defense the same way that Allen can beat a bad defense. It might be pr- a little close in the beginning, but could I it, think it could be a shootout. Because the I, Seattle defense is bad. It could be a shootout, but I I like their ability to hold on to the football for a little while against the Bills. I think they'll be able to do it. So it might be a shootout at the beginning, but we're going to see one turnover by a Josh Allen fumble or Josh Allen interception. That's going to turn the tides because Russell Wilson typically plays mistake-free football. So I have Seattle minus three on the road against the Bills. Next one, underdog pick. Matt? I like this pick. Yeah, thank you. My second team in the NFC for pretty much forever has been the New Orleans Saints. I like me some Drew Brees. I know he's slowing down a little this year. Plus five at the Bucks. Matt, the Bucks only beat the Giants by two points. The Giants are one and seven. All right. This They're team, also a bad Bears team, too. Yeah, and the bad Bears. Bears can't score any points to save the their Bears life. Bears are terrible. Right. So, what it, I mean, we don't know what kind of Tampa Bay team's going to show up. They're either going to be dominant and beat a team like Green Bay. Or they're going to lay an egg, almost lose to the Giants, lose to the Bears. I think the Saints know them well. The Saints beat them in the first game of the season this year. Uh, what I like the best, what I always look forward on picking against Tom Brady is how good is the pass rush of the team that he's playing. The Saints, 19 sacks on the season. That's a little bit below the elite teams. But they, again, they got some really good guys up there in the front seven. I like Lattimore as a corner over there to try to shut down Mike Evans. They're going to go at it all game long. I really think that the Saints have a good chance to win this game, at the very least cover. All the Saints really got to do is get close because Will Lutz is one heck of a kicker. And again, if you can get Brady, who's going to be on short rest six games, he's a little older. He's 43. Now Brees is older too. But if you get him running, again, he holds on to the ball. He can't be mobile. So they know that they can play their guys in a little more and protect outside a little bit easier. I think that they got it. They can figure it out. The Saints are going to pull it out against the Bucks. I like the Saints in that game too. I think they they I think the Saints could win that game. They beat them earlier on in the season. Yeah. And uh, I think the Saints are tough. Yeah, they're a tough team. And you know, they're good offensively and defensively as long as Breeze can play his game, turn back the clock a little bit, I think they'll be fine. Then finally, we both had this. Steelers against the Cowboys. Ben DiNucci, Cooper Rush, it it doesn't matter, man. This this Cowboys defense is so egregiously bad that they actually have a worse point differential than the Giants do on the season. And the Giants are one and seven. You can you can do whatever you want against Dallas's defense. It seems like I, I, they might as well not be there. You, you the can Steelers even turn it so- over four times and still win. <laughs> you can turn it over four times, and so, well, that's a testament to how bad their offense is. Yeah. But yeah, they have no answer at quarterback. That's going to be trouble. 
Uh, Mike McCarthy, I think, has lost this team, which surprised me because I like I liked him as a coach, and I was worried. Sure, so did I. Yeah, but he's lost this team. Uh, they don't have their quarterback going into this game, and the defense is awful. Pittsburgh looks great on both ends of the ball. All they have to do to game plan is stack the box, shut down Zeke, and it's going to be smooth sailing for them. I know it's minus 14 on the road. I think Pittsburgh's got that easily, and they stay undefeated. To recap, I got the Giants plus 2.5. Patriots minus seven, Seattle minus three, Saints plus five, and the Steelers minus 14 as I look to make up three games of ground on, uh, on you, Matt. So it's going to be a fun week of watching the NFL. This, this, this is my Survivor League. Like, I watch the NFL all the time anyway, but really keeps me extra locked in. I look more on your picks, though, to see if they work out the mine. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, I think Zach might have had a good week last week when I'm watching these games. I'm like, and then, like, I saw today he won three and two. I'm yeah. like, all right. Like, I, I thought, I honestly, like, when I first saw it, I'm like, did he go 5-0 and last week? Like, I well, was I like, lost the Bills because they, they didn't cover. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah. You have the Chargers on here. What a disgrace. I know. Oh. That game was. I was almost certain they were going to win that game. What in the heck was that effort in the second half? Yeah, that, that was bad. I was watching that game. I was like, are you kidding me? And I still have faith in this team, though, because they have the second best. I think they have, like, the second best offense in the league. Justin Herbert's been out of his oh, He looks awesome. And they're playing Oakland. I was thinking about picking that game. Uh, I might do that for my survival league. I might pick the Chargers there, although it's really hard to, to think about that team winning when, again, they're a team that blows leads. You never want to bank on that. But, again, Giants, Pats, Seattle, Saints, Steelers, lock them up, lock them in. Matt had, uh, what'd you have? You had the Ravens. Raven, Ravens, team. Team, Steelers, Bills, and Finns over cards. I love Finns over cards. That's going to be great. I think you got that one right. Yeah, well, that's it. The, the all NFL episode here today. Had a lot of fun. Matt, we just keep building. This is a great time. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, this, this is a lot of fun to do every Wednesday, and it uh, comes out on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday at noon is our drop uh, drop date, guys. Again, appreciate you guys listening, man. Uh, it means a lot. Uh, uh, on YouTube, Spotify, I think we're on Google Podcast now, so we have a lot of hey. different platforms where you can check us out. I might be making a Twitter for the Zach and Mac. Hey, and also email your questions if you got any yeah. questions. Shoot us an email, magzack217 at yahoo.com. Shoot us an email. Maybe we'll uh, have them out here uh, as a segment, so maybe some uh, email questions, whatever it may be. But, again, appreciate you guys listening, and uh, have a great NFL Sunday. And, uh, you know, we'll be back at it next Wednesday. For sure. Stay safe out there. Take it easy, Matt. See you next week, and see you all next week. Stay frosty.